listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report Podcast. Folks, you know what we're going to be talking about. It's the biggest saga dealing in Tampa Bay going on right now. That is Devin White, and should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade him? I am your host, back of the saddle, Matt Matera. Joined with me is Adam Slavon, and also want to thank my fellow uh, co-workers at PewterReport.com for hosting the show while I was uh, absent. But Adam, glad to be with you today. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well. It's been a little bit since we've we've been on together, so yeah, excited to be on. Yeah, um, yeah, longer than expected that you and I have been on together, and we'll actually be on for uh, two shows in a row, which is uh, very exciting. So, um, before we get into all the Devin White talk, and we will talk plenty about Devin White, want to say shout out to everybody in the comments, Zachary. I appreciate your comment uh, as well. First thing we got to talk about. The creamsicles are back, baby. The creamsicle jerseys the Bucks announced today with a uh, funny video with their mascot, Captain Fear, that Devin White, not Devin White, well, if he's on the team, he'll be wearing it. Um, but the Bucks will be wearing a creamsicle jersey next season. I know I'm very excited about it. I think it's one of the best throwback jerseys in the NFL. But I'm curious, as a little bit more of a youngin that didn't see the cream school jerseys as much, um, what are your thoughts about this uh, this big move? I'm I'm really excited. I haven't like really seen the cream sickle jerseys since I've come down and moved to Tampa. So just being able to see all the the current players rocking them, I don't think it's been since like what the I haven't seen them personal personally since like the Josh Freeman days when they were really bad. So. Being able to see the Bucks rock them, it'll be interesting to see what game they decide to bring them out. And, yes, and wear them. Uh, that is a big point of uh, conversation for, all right, it's great that the cream schools are back. And remember, Bruce Arians was lobbying for them a couple of seasons ago. I remember he went on the Dan Patrick show and was like, oh, man, I love those jerseys. And then Tom Brady last year, uh, towards the end of the season, um, before, towards the end of the season, he – Put on his Insta story, it was an old Doug Williams jersey. And he said LFG and tagged the Buccaneers in it. We found out a couple of days later that it was actually a gift from Doug Williams himself to Tom Brady. So um, pretty awesome that Tom at least showed his respect to it. Tom won't be wearing it. They couldn't lure him out of retirement just to wear that jersey. But for a little bit of history for everybody the last year that the Bucs wore the creamsicle was, I believe, like 2012, 2013. Then the NFL put this rule in place that teams could only wear one helmet because it was a liability issue. Um, obviously, concussions is a huge deal in the NFL, and there were a lot of lawsuits going on at the time. So because the Bucs could only wear one helmet, and this affected a couple of teams too, but specifically for the Bucs, you have that pewter helmet. Don't get us wrong. We love pewter. We are pewterreport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. But you just you can't rock a pewter helmet with a creamsicle jersey. It just does not work, especially with the white pants as well. So fast forward to, I believe it was 2021. They essentially took away that rule and said that teams can wear multiple helmets. Now, other teams, I think like, for example, the Chicago Bears, 
they were able to wear different throwback stuff because they would just use the one helmet that they had and then either put in a different Bears logo, take it off, do um, different things. The Bucs obviously couldn't do that. But then other teams got to bring back their throwback uniforms last season. However, there was a uh, supply chain issue with these specific creamsicle jerseys, and therefore the Bucs had to wait another season to bring it back. But nonetheless, the creamsicles are returning this year. Very excited about that. Now, Adam, to what you said about um, what team they should wear it against, uh, are there any teams specifically that you would like to see the Bucs rock the creamsicle when they face them at Raymond James Stadium this year? So there's a lot of interesting like matchups they could pull them out against. I would be curious to see them. You mentioned the Bears. If the Bears, they have like so many different kinds of jerseys. They could pull out like the navy blue against the creamsicle. That'd be pretty cool. And maybe the Lions. And then also the Tennessee Titans. If yeah. They wear like their retro like Oilers jerseys and it's that baby blue. And then you have the creamsicle. Like that would be really cool just kind of seeing those colors like go up against each other. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, Scott Reynolds brought up a good point both in our group chat and Scott and I were talking about it on a, uh, a different show a couple of weeks ago where he immediately said the Bears and the Lions because the Bucks, oddly enough, used to play in the NFC North. It made... Zero sense, like literally yeah. no sense at all whatsoever. But the history of rocking the creamsicle jerseys um, and playing a team that they used to play consistently, I think that'd be pretty cool. I brought up the idea of Bucks Titans as well. You give the Titans their old school Houston Oilers jersey. Light orange creamsicle against like the baby powder blue, whatever you want to call it. I know the Chargers are known for their powder blues, but like the, the light blue with the Titans – very appealing on the eyes. I think that would be awesome. Another one that I threw out there um, was against the Falcons, merely for if the Falcons wore their old school jersey too yeah. with that different Falcons logo. I know Bucks fans hate their NFC South rivals, but they had some pretty cool jerseys back in the day, especially when primetime Deion Sanders was there. Um, Darius Miller, I saw someone else brought up the Eagles as well. <clears throat> I like the idea. Yeah, uh, Mr. Angle 333 did – Two, I thought um, Bucks Eagles, either Eagles with their like current jerseys, I think that'd be cool, but then the old school light green, again, against the Bucks light orange, that creamsicle, I think is another really cool option. Obviously, you're playing against the uh, defending NFC champion, so it's a game that um, not only Bucks fans are going to be playing, paying closer attention to, but I think that's a, a marquee game, even with the changes to the Bucks that a lot of the NFL would be watching. I like this comment from Lightning Films. NFL should have a throwback week where every team wears their throwbacks. I don't hate that idea, but curious to get your thoughts, Adam. I kind of like where it's a little bit miscellaneous. Now, every team comes out with their jersey schedule, so we'll find out eventually before the season starts when the Bucs will wear their cream school. But I just think as an NFL fan, like, oh, Look, the Eagles are wearing their throwbacks this week. Oh, wow, the Packers are going with uh, the ones that they go from time to time. So I, I kind of like the surprise element of it. Like, you could just look up every team's throwback jersey and see what week. But I, I think most general NFL fans aren't going to do that. So I like the more random randomness surprise of it. But I, I, I don't hate the idea that Lightning Films brings up either. 
yeah, I don't mind the idea. And kind of seeing like a one week where you just every game you tune in, you just kind of get that throwback feel to it. But also maybe just having the jerseys when they face a division rival, like that would be really cool. Like just kind of that feels like Bears Packers or kind of like any real rivalry, like just having the throwback jerseys in that game. And I would say, though, that with like the randomness of it, you have sports like the MLB and NBA, especially where they're always bringing out new jerseys. Mm -hmm. And it just it's really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and it's great for sales too. You yeah. know, marketing merchandise teams are going to want to buy every single possible jersey that they can of their favorite team. So I'm all for it. Get as many different jerseys as possible within reach. Like if I ever see the alarm clock jersey again for the Bucks, I may vomit uh, on site. Like I yeah. truly, truly hate those jerseys. Uh, Lenny Williams says, "Do I remember seeing Josh Freeman in the throwbacks, or am I tripping?" No, he was, I believe, the last starting quarterback for the Bucks when they uh, when they wore those cream school jerseys on a regular basis. So uh, you are not tripping, Lenny Williams. By the way, uh, I did not forget this super chat from Bucks Basement. Um, changing gears here a little bit, Bucks Basement. Thank you for the super chat. Says trade him. He's obviously talking about Devin White. He's nothing without Levante. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Devin White. We will um, in just a moment but before we get into Devin White get live 45 one way you can really get live is by having a Celsius energy drink which of course is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast we love Celsius for so many different reasons including all their variety of flavors they have some new ones out right now and they have new ones out like literally all the time like I get tweeted at hey new Celsius flavor I can't even keep up with the number of flavors that they have. Uh, but some of the new ones in recent weeks and months are the Fantasy Vibe, which, again, we were just talking about the cream skull. It's like drinking a cream skull. The Sparkling Lemon Lime as well. Cannot forget about the vibes on this show. Vibes are always high, and the vibes are always great when you're drinking an Arctic, Tropical, or Peach Vibe. You can also go with the Sparkling Watermelon, Sparkling Wildberry, Orange, Kiwi Guava, Peach Mango, Strawberry lemonade. So a lot of awesome different flavors. Uh, If you want to find out where to get the Celsius energy drink, go to the store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, and uh, it'll pop right up for you, let you know where you can get one at your most local convenience store, 7-Eleven, Bodega, and everywhere else in between. And then if you want to start buying it in bulk, I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Go to Amazon.com, click on the subscribe and save, and have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, quarterly, yearly. I know I have a shipment coming any day now. Very excited about getting more Celsius. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. So once again, thank you to all the fellow commenters. We'll put up... uh, some comments by the pewter people in the uh, chat while we get into the conversation of Devin White and uh, if he'll be back with the Bucks this season. Of course, if you super chat us, we will uh, have you cut the line and get to your comment first before everybody else. As we do get a comment from uh, super chat from Salty Buccaneer says 120.5 passer rating allowed. Trade 45 with quickness. So um, as we get into it, Adam, I'll ask you whether or not they should trade them. Just your initial reaction to the news of Devin White requesting a trade, because 
it was so abrupt when it happened. It was reported by Jenna Lane of ESPN. But there were some cryptic messages about a month ago that while you're still surprised, you're not overly shocked about it. <laughs> At least yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't shocked. Well, I was shocked by it, but at the same time, almost kind of expected it. Um, that one tweet that he put out March 27th of him, mm-hmm. like, photoshopped in an Eagles jersey. Like, I don't know, just a feeling like a team captain doesn't do that. Like, they should be loyal to the team. And at the same time, like, just being, I, I don't know. Like, I would say, like, I'm shocked by it. But I feel like, I don't know. You seem a little bit at a loss of words for this. Because I I think what's really tough when you you look into all of it, it's, I do agree. The fact that he's a captain, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's wrong for airing his stuff out publicly. Because there's been other stars that have done this. Like Jalen Ramsey going back to his days with the Jaguars. That was a whole saga. Lamar Jackson, captain of his team, leader of his team, the quarterback, the biggest name. Lamar Jackson's been fairly public with everything going on with the Ravens at the moment. I think if you remember Debo Samuel, even last training camp didn't start out right away because he wanted a new contract. Now, Though a lot of the in those cases and the Lamar Jackson one still is playing out, obviously. But in a lot of those cases, like Debo Samuel ended up getting his big contract. Jalen Ramsey ended up going to the Rams and then getting his big contract. Now he just got paid again going to the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, Devin White, certainly not the first player going into his final year on a rookie deal, especially when you're. Uh, a first round pick and fifth overall, like a top five pick. He's not the first guy to say, Hey, I want my money now before I go into the season. But where I think it's really tough and I respect anybody that just kind of has that blind slash oblivious faith in him. Like I tweeted out earlier, I don't have a problem with Devin white, the man, the person saying, I want a $100 million contract because the NFL shelf life is very short, especially if you're a linebacker. You're taking on a lot more collisions than some of the other positions. So you got to get paid when you can. So I don't blame Devin White for any of that. But on the same level, I can't blame the Bucks for saying, no, we're not going to trade you. We can't do that at the moment. And we're not going to pay you all this money right away because we don't trust you. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the comment that was put up before by uh, Salty Buccaneer, you know, he struggles in a lot of areas. Devin White, there are a lot of great things about Devin, but he's also very, very inconsistent and is kind yeah. of trending in the wrong direction. And that's what concerns me. And that's why the Bucks are in a very, very peculiar, very, very difficult spot when it comes to Devin White. Because the production is there when you look at, like, the stat sheet. Like, the past three seasons, he's put up over, like, 120 tackles. He's played in nearly every game. You go back to the 2020 season when he had, what, nine and a half sacks? 
And you can see mm. why people are so high on him. But he, since that time, hasn't taken the next step yet. And you kind of mentioned like some of the players like Debo Samuel, Lamar Jackson, and kind of their contract situation. Lamar Jackson, he's disgruntled with the Ravens, but it looks like he's going to stick around. And he recruited Odell Beckham to come play with him. It's also um, true. Yeah. But with Lamar Jackson, like he's just playing out the last year on the franchise tag. And for Devin White, the likely scenario is he'll play out this season on that fifth year option at $11 million. And having a contract double that, it's really hard to justify when you haven't seen Devin White emerge as a top tier inside linebacker. Kind of going over it with Scott today, like he mentioned, there's maybe 10, 15 inside linebackers you can make a case for that are better than Devin White at this point. And a lot of them, like you look in free agency, you have Bobby Wagner. He got $5 million guaranteed. Levante David only got $7 million. The value it in paying a linebacker top-tier money, the only one that has made substantial money, you could say, is Roquan Smith and the deal that he got where he was paid $20 yes. million a year. The, Roquan uh, Smith yeah. at this point, sorry, is no, better than, than Devin White. He's more proven. He's shown more upside. He has the ability to play in coverage, stuff the run. And Devin White, he's inconsistent. Some weeks he'll make a gaffe or he won't give the effort that he needs to. And then other weeks he looks like one of the best linebackers. So you're kind of betting on that, being consistent, and I just don't see it. This is a uh, comment from Scott Reynolds in our Pewter Report group chat, which it is a private group chat, but I know Scott wouldn't have an issue with this. He said, I'm not an expert on NFL inside linebackers, but I do know Devin White is not in the top 10. And then he says, in no particular order, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, who you just mentioned, Demario Davis, Shaquille Leonard, Dre Greenlaw, Matt Milano, Levante David, Nick Bolton, Tremaine Edmonds, and Jermaine Pratt. And I think another caveat into all this, yes, he's got that 4-4 speed from the NFL Combine. We talk about the inconsistencies, but it's the places where he is most inconsistent. Yes, he can use his speed and get after the quarterback, but how many times over the last two years do we see him just get absolutely blasted by a running back that's blocking him? Devin White shouldn't lose too many of those matchups. Um, shedding off of blocks. We all remember that game against the Ravens where he got absolutely yeah. annihilated by the Tyler, starting uh, center. Lindenbaum. Yeah. Just pushed that, him like 20 yards down the field. That cannot happen with a $100 million inside linebacker. Also, where were the turnovers for Devin White? Yes, he had a fumble mm -hmm. recovery. He had a really good game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I believe he had he had a sack and a turnover in that game. But where are the game-changing plays by Devin White in recent years? Like, when did Devin White take over a game? Let's remember that Super Bowl. He had 12 tackles. He had the interception that kept the Kansas City Chiefs out of the out of the end zone. That I mean, the game was over, but it, it, it sealed the game. And not allowing a touchdown is a huge thing to put on your resume. And I'm not really trying to blast Devin White because, again, I do – see his side of it of I want to get paid now. And there are there is a lot of hype around Devin White, but it's from personnel and players outside of Tampa Bay that I truly believe do not watch Devin White on a regular basis because Devin White is flashy. He's got the speed. Speed is cool. Like when you were a kid, 
your elementary school, the fastest kid, like they they got some props for being fast. Speed in yeah. at any level is like is a really big thing. And Devin White is flashy. He's got the cool saying, get live 45. For whatever reason, that like resonates with a lot of people around the league. And that's why Devin White made a Pro Bowl in 2021 as an alternate. And just because you were a Pro Bowl alternate alternate doesn't mean you're a hundred million dollar inside linebacker. And the fact that he's not even the best linebacker on his own team, I think speaks a ton of volumes. When you have Levante David right there, who, as you just mentioned, the deal that he took, I'm pretty sure Levante David re-signed with the Bucs knowing I'm going to have a great tandem with Devin White one more time. I mean, Levante's been a huge mentor for Devin White and many a times has covered for the mistakes. I think a great example, Adam, this was two seasons ago. It gets remembered as the infamous um, the infamous Antonio Brown freakout game. But when the Bucs played the Jets, Levante David wasn't in that game because he was injured. And the Bucs got absolutely ran on by the New York Jets, who at that time, they didn't have Brees Hall. Brees Hall was still at Iowa State. You had a team that was like fully injured. You had Michael Carter, who's a, a solid running back, in my opinion. And they drove the ball down the field with run after run after run. And sure, that's not all on Devin White, but a big part of why they couldn't get off the field in that first half was because Devin was getting driven downfield. So now to say that you want $100 million when Levante David is a better player at this point, at least Levante David is, is more consistent. And I do feel it's a little bit of a slap in the face to Levante David. And I'm sure they were talking in the offseason. I don't know this specifically, but I'm sure Devin White wanted Levante back. And then all of a sudden to be like, all right, now I want to trade. I don't know. It just it doesn't look great when you add in the team captain part of it. Yeah. And I I know you remember like during the season, Levante David and Devin White, they held the team dinner for the defense. Yes. And that was a big topic in trying to like all get on the same page, communication, and just kind of team morale. Like they've been beside each other for what, four four years now. And mm. they've been such a good duo like one makes up for the other one's mistakes. And like the past couple seasons, you could argue that Levante's kind of made up more for Devin White, even though Levante, he's kind of aging and he's in his early thirties now, but Devin White, he just hasn't proved worthy of getting like a big contract and this move and requesting a trade, it, it just doesn't sit well. And so, obviously, the other part of the news that uh, Jenna reported, Pewter Report has confirmed, other outlets have, uh, you know, commented on this as well, is while Devin has requested a trade, the Bucks aren't open to trading him, at least for at the moment. And that goes into a number of factors, which we'll get into in a minute. But, Adam, I'm just curious, if if all things were even and all things were level, would you consider trading Devin White? Like, you could still have to look at the roster. The Bucs are still in the same position. Maybe cap-wise, they're a little bit let, uh, better. Are you tr are you trading Devin White? If the pick is, like, early on day two, if they can find a general manager that would say, hey, we'll give you a second-round pick for him, you really have to think hard about it because they could draft his replacement. Now, granted, this draft class with the linebackers, 
there's not like that surefire guy, but there's a lot of quality players that we can dive into if you want to look yeah. at the alternatives. But the only concern that I would have in trading or not trading Devin White is what it would do for the locker room. Like you mentioned him being a captain, him holding team dinners. Now he wants out. What kind of friction does that create? And if it's too much, if you talk to other players and they say, hey, we can't we can't deal with this, then you really have to consider trading them. Yeah, causing friction in the locker room would be an interesting one because I do think Devin, while he did what he did, um, I do think he cares a lot about the guys in the locker room that he either plays with or guys that are on the offensive side of the ball as well. Like, let's remember, Devin got voted as team captain in yeah. like his second year in the NFL. Like, that doesn't happen very often unless you're a starting quarterback. And I know inside linebacker, you're kind of the quarterback of the defense. But I do think it is um, a little bit different. Like, Adam, you've been in the locker room. There's a lot of times when Devin's in there, he's either playing cards with a couple of the guys. Um, they have this game. It's not cornhole because it's like these sticky darts and you you throw it um, to the other side. I don't know the name of it. Maybe some people in the chat will know. A lot of the times it was the wide receivers, but it would be like the wide receivers and Devin White playing. And that yeah. just shows Devin getting along with some of the other guys there, guys that he doesn't play with um, every single time. Devin speaks highly as well as the backups behind him. You would think an LSU and an Auburn guy wouldn't uh, get along that well, but Devin spoke very highly of KJ Britt, like more than he had to, especially last year when when uh, KJ really became the, the third string inside linebacker after Levante and Devin. So... I don't know how much friction Devin would legitimately cause. Because, you know, there are times, you know, he blocked Peter Report's Twitter account when Scott called out Devin for not playing well. Um, for whatever reason, Devin likes to quote tweet Greg Allman a lot and say, you're wrong, Greg, for this, or uh, correct certain things that have been said about himself, Devin White. So while Devin has had... I don't even want to say issues because it's it, like quote tweeting someone or blocking us isn't that big of a deal. But while Devin has had his moments with the media, you never really hear anything about not being cool with anybody in the locker room. And I think that goes a long way with what you said about holding these team meetings, um, going out to dinner with a lot of guys. You know, he hosts multiple charity events in the Tampa area and a, a fair amount of players go out to it. So I think the contract issue, while no one loves talking about it and it is a, you know, a whole thing about, uh, can it be a distraction? Bucks have had a lot of distractions the past couple of years. Yeah. AB freaking out, Brady not being there for 10 days, two weeks, however long it was during training camp. Tom Brady being there in general, while obviously it was great for the team, that comes with a lot of baggage because of the player that he is. Like because These guys have dealt with, I think, weirder, more specific type of situations than just one of their star players wants a better contract. I, I, I think that they, they've dealt with a lot more of an odd type of situation. For sure. That's a good point. And like just the Bucks last year having to play through, like, as you mentioned, like all the drama that ensued with like 
Bruce Arians stepping down, Todd Bowles taking over, and then yeah. you have Tom Brady like leaving training camp, and you're like, what's up with him? Or just even coming back in the first place. Like the Bucks have battled a lot of adversity in the past season. And this is a wrench in their plans, but it's not like a end all be all, like he must be traded. Because as you mentioned, he does have a presence. And in the Tampa Bay community, he's a really marketable player. Very and much. I think that speaks volumes to just how much outsiders view him and being a top linebacker. And he he may not be the best linebacker, but just based on what he did in 2020 and like the highlights, because when he's performing at the t- highest of his potential, one of the best linebackers in football. It's a it's electrifying. Yeah. And so I, I like this comment from Tom Bucks fan says 11 million in cap space can cover some holes. The fact that Devin White's getting paid $11 million, he's not getting paid pennies this year. I understand he's still on a rookie contract, but $11 million is not anything to really to really shake at, at least in my opinion. And I'm not one of those guys that's like, they're getting paid millions of dollars. They should just be happy with that. You got to know your worth, know your value, and obviously understand that you're playing a very physical game that really could hurt you down the road. Um but he's not worth $100 million at this time. $11 million? Yeah, maybe. Sure, especially when you want to find out the next step with him. I think if you got offered a second-round pick, and that's pretty much what Roquan Smith got, if you got offered a second-round pick, you seriously have to consider it. But the problem is, with that second-round pick, you're essentially looking at an inside linebacker because you have to address the inside linebacker position. It becomes an immediate need, not just for the fact that Devin White is out of town, but more specifically because, you know, Levante signed a one-year deal. Levante could easily be out the door after this year. And then what's your inside linebacker room after that? You know, no more Devin White, no more Levante David. It's KJ Britton and JJ Russell. That's a whole other factor into this, Adam, is – while the Bucks hold a lot of the cards, as Scott Reynolds wrote on PeterReport.com, they need Devin this year. They absolutely need Devin unless they go with a linebacker with the first or second round picks that they have. And the linebacker class is not that great. And the free agency window is kind of dried up. All the big, name, big names that you wanted, you got one with Levante, but you thought he's going to be going with Devin for the whole season, the depth behind Levante and Devin white is not NFL ready. And, you know, you can say what you want about KJ Britt, good special teams player, but they need a legit inside linebacker and they're not going to find one in free agency at the moment. And it's really, really risky to find one in this year's draft specifically. So the bucks don't have a ton of options. Yeah. They don't want to trade them because they can't trade them. You know, if they had another veteran waiting in the wings like they did with Kevin Minter a couple of years ago, it would be way more appealing to to trade Devin right now. But, you know, that's my question to a lot of people saying Devin uh, needs to be traded. Well, what do the Bucs do at, at inside linebacker then? Because if you just go to the draft, that's a big risk there. and There's not a lot of people in free agency. So curious to get everybody's thoughts and Adam, yours as well. 
yeah, with like the inside linebacker position, I think the Bucks were hoping to address this next year when maybe Levante David isn't around and you can build around Devin White. But now Devin White requesting a trade, you have to look at maybe bringing that up a year and expedite, expediting the process. So then that begs the question, who would they take with that second round draft pick if they were to go with an inside linebacker? There's no inside linebacker worthy of number 19, but let's say at 50 or whatever pick they acquire if it's earlier than that. They get somebody, a few of the options are Jack Campbell out of Iowa. You have Dion Henley, who we watched at the Senior Bowl yeah. out of Washington State. He did really good in the Senior Bowl as kind of like a coverage linebacker. Mm. And then uh, the last option would be somebody like Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Are those guys right now better than Devin White? Can they come in right away, play every game, every snap? Like there's value to be said in Devin White and Levante David playing all 17 games last year and not coming off the field and just taking that away. He is the heart of the defense, him and Levante David. And you take one half of that away. It makes it really hard to replace. Yeah. The Bucks locked out a ton that Levante and David, David were able to play all of last season, but you know, one season before that Levante missed a number of games with a, with a foot injury. And that's going to happen for a player such as Levante David that gets older in age. It's just naturally going to happen. So, I don't know. I'm not penciling in Levante David for 17 games this year. It's just the nature of the game. I like the idea of Diane Hen- Henley. He's uh, he's a really fast guy, so you replace that, that same type of speed that Devin White brings, and he's very physical as well. So, I would certainly take a flyer on him if um, if the – situation presents itself um simpson for whatever reason the bucks don't typically draft a lot of guys out of clemson so i don't know if he's going to be um a number one example but or number one on the board for the bucks when it comes to inside linebacker it really just comes down to um is there any player that the bucks feel is a good fit i agree with you it was going to be next year's deal but you you have to go now because you can't I mean, there could be linebackers available in next year's free agency that you uh, decide that they are the guy, but there still is that risk of bringing in an inside linebacker that doesn't really know the system or is going to be learning the, uh, the the system at the same time. The idea of grooming one like Henley for this year, I do think is um, – is one that could be intriguing to the Bucks. I think another thing with Devin leaving, if he leaves, is we already talked about like the leadership that he brings. If he's out the door, who else is a leader on that team? Because Levante's only there for a year. Vita is a quiet leader, kind of leads by example. You have well, Jamel Dean and Carlton. Resigned. Yeah, Will Golson's not re-signed. I think, you know, Carlton and Jamel Dean, I think, are leaders in the secondary themselves. Mm-hmm. And the secondary is very close. But I, I don't know. I don't see them as leaders of, like, the entire defense. So who's really going to pick it up after that, I think, is is really important. The only other guy I could think of would be, like, somebody like Logan Ryan. But, again, he isn't re-signed either. So who who steps in and fills his shoes? I like this comment here with Winfield maybe being somebody 
but I don't know. It's just still hard to replace his presence as a captain. Yeah. And it's actually a good point with Winfield and um, this guy's on the offensive side of the ball, but I think it, it, it plays into somewhat where it, where it goes with the box and, and navigating through just contracts in general. So Devin wants a contract extension this year. Next season, you have uh, Tristan Wirfs, who will be going into the fifth year of his deal. And Antoine Winfield Jr. will be a free agent after this year. Because remember, Antoine was drafted in the um, in the second round. So he only has a four-year contract. First round picks get that fifth-year extension if um, – if other if the team decides to pick that up, as Long Lost Glacier says, <laughs> Quan Alexander, welcome back. Um, so the Bucks have to play that game. Remember, they're in a tough cap situation this year because they're paying the Tom Brady credit card, uh, as it said. They got to sign guys to extensions next year or big contracts next year as well, uh, because Tristan Wirfs has well, well over earned his next payday. Anton Winfield Jr. I think is very much deserving of that payday. Uh, Mike Evans is on the last year of his deal this year. He's the greatest offensive player in team history. So Tristan, Antoine, and even Mike, even though Mike's a little bit of a different situation, those guys I think are well, well worth a second contract more than Devin White is. Am I wrong for saying that? No, and it begs the question, like, the fact that we've been debating whether Devin White is worth a second contract at all and being paid the highest linebacker, it's been a debate for a couple of years. And with so, so many questions regarding that, is he really worth it when you have so many other contracts that you have to put on the books long term? It's going to lock up the salary cap. And then not to mention the quarterback position. Yeah. Next offseason, you might have to look at either extending a guy like Baker Mayfield or paying another quarterback big money. And there's just only so much money to go around, even with the salary cap rising. Now, that's another thing with the salary cap going up. It's been going up 15, around 15 yeah. million a year. Mm-hmm. So you could justify maybe backloading the deal in, in three years from now and the salary cap's 300 million, 20 million is a drop in the bucket. But you still have to allocate that money to 53 guys on the roster. Right. Yeah, you, you absolutely do. And the salary cap moving up helps, but it doesn't solve all of the, all the problems. Uh, Salty Buccaneer. Thank you for the super chat says should have drafted Nicobe or Lloyd last year. Just saying, and then uh, follows up with, but no, we had to have Logan Hall. Yeah, I guess. Part of it, you could always say like, oh, they, they should have, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You could have easily been like, oh, they should have got this guy, that guy. I love the um, the linebacker out of, he went to Montana or Montana State. Troy Anderson. For, yes, Troy Anderson. For whatever reason, Troy Anderson and Trey McBride, I think because their names are similar. I always, Trey McBride's a tight end. Um, but yeah, Troy Anderson, I was a big fan of because he had super speed like Devin White, was a tackling machine at his school. Uh, yeah. I would have liked the Bucks to take a flyer on him, but they didn't. But you know what? I mean, if you don't draft the linebacker last year, then you're like, oh well, the Bucks have a the Bucks have all these holes on the defensive line, blah blah blah. blah. So 
I don't know. It's like a whack-a-mole. You hit this one down, then another one pops up, and you got to find an issue here or there. Um, so I don't know. There's there's not there's not a perfect science to any of that. E-Girl says Winfield injury issues are a real concern. Yes and no. Um, Winfield. He, I mean, he had injury concerns in college. He missed some time at Minnesota and um, didn't, you know, miss some time. But I like overall, he'll get hurt and he'll miss some games. But he ha- he's never missed like a crazy amount of times. Now, yeah, some of the injury that he's had, it's been concussions, and that's obviously scary because the more you rack them up, the more it really uh, becomes a becomes an issue. But I don't know. That wouldn't concern me too much with giving Antoine Winfield Jr. a new contract, especially if he's going to play more free safety this year. Justin says, trying Arctic Vibes Celsius today for the first time while watching the PR podcast. Go Bucks, Justin, thank you so much for testing out Celsius. Arctic Vibes one of my favorites, so I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Flash Gordon says, I'd look into Quan Alexander. He's still young. Is he really that beat up? Quan had some like very serious injuries, both with his time with the Bucs, um, with San Francisco as well, yep. but remained healthy with the Jets for the whole season. So his injuries still do worry me, though, because I think he falls into the category of like the one year that he stayed healthy. That's more of the exception to the rule versus being held like where he's been injured for a majority of his career. Uh, it's me. PR Joshua says bucks learn from your mistakes in Devin white and get a guy who can cover better over rushing the passer. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you want a guy that can, can cover better, but you know, they're not going to be perfect. So where do they struggle? If, um, if he covers well, where does he struggle instead? And that's where, I'm curious. Darius Miller says 11 million could help improve that defensive line depth. Zach says if we somehow get a second round pick for Devin White from a team and Drew Sanders is there, that would be a perfect world. Drew Sanders, I think, met with the Bucks informally, if I'm not mistaken. Um, played at Arkansas, switched positions as well. So definitely someone that has versatility, still kind of learning the position a little bit, but Another issue, Adam, when it comes to the whole Devin White situation is you have to find a team that's willing to to tango with you. And the issue for Devin White is, and Scott Reynolds talked about this in, in his articles today about Devin. Devin doesn't want to be with the Bucs, at least at the moment, by requesting that trade. The Bucs don't want to give him that contract, though. And... um other teams got to be asking, why don't they want to give him that contract? What are they missing on? So you have to find a team that is going to be willing to um, not only trade for him, but sign him that contract that he wants. Because what's the point of giving up a second or even a third round pick for a guy that you're only going to get for one season? Um, I just think it's really, really tough to find a buyer when it comes to that situation. Definitely. And the fact that like Todd Bowles is a huge fan of Devin White. Loves the, Bucks organ- the Bucks organization 
pretty much are are fans of Devin White and what he's done for the community and on the field. And if they don't want to give him that contract, the Bucks have been the most loyal to him. They drafted him fifth overall. Now, linebacker inside linebackers don't get drafted fifth overall really ever, but the Bucks thought that highly of him. And the fact that they don't want to pay him a big a big money deal and other linebackers, like you mentioned, Roquan Smith, they did get that deal. And like the Ravens, they saw like what he did with the Bears. They took a chance on him as a rental and they signed him to that deal. Would a team do that for Devin White when with, with all the context? I, I don't see it. So that it's a really tricky slope and it's like a, almost a double-edged sword because if you don't trade Devin White, you you risk losing him or overpaying him uh next season and if you keep like i don't know it just it's a tricky slope either way if you keep him or if you trade him because if you trade him you don't have a guy that can come in right away and be a plug and play starter and i think that's really where the question is right so uh grace point asks so what do you think we should do matt i am going to answer that in one moment but first we're going to hear a message from our friends at age rejuvenation as we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Look better, feel better, have better sex using age rejuvenation. Get a free consultation today. They help out with uh, testosterone therapy, peptide therapy, and stem cell therapy. Uh, Peter Report's own Scott Reynolds has spoken very highly of what age rejuvenation has done to help him. Um, He's feeling more energetic. He doesn't take naps. He's lost weight from it. So go to agerejuvenation.com. See how it can help you today. That's agerejuvenation.com. Okay, so what would I do, you were asking? Uh, I forgot who it was. Grace Point? Honestly? Yeah. Uh, Grace Point with the comment. I waited out. I waited out and bide my time because Devin White doesn't really have any bargaining power with this. If he chooses to sit out, a la Le'Veon Bell a couple seasons ago, he doesn't accrue another NFL year. So he's still, he doesn't play the whole season. He's still under contract with the Bucs and is in the same exact situation where he's still with the Bucs. He'll get paid that $11 million if he played. And it's just he's a year older and has one less year of NFL playing time, which um, there's different things like when you retire with benefits and things like that. The more years you pile up, the better it is for you. So I think you just wait it out. I think this is just Devin angry at the moment, stopping his feet, trying to, you know, force a situation. That's why he went online and said my favorite money my favorite color is green which i think he's alluding to money because i'm pretty sure devin white's favorite color is purple um because of going to lsu purple and yellow i think are definitely 
his favorite colors. I'm sure he wants a lot of green around him with that $100 million contract. But I think if you're the Bucks, you wait it out. Eventually, he's going to come back because he's not going to want to sit out that whole year and lose a uh, a year of eligibility and, and NFL playing time. And it's kind of a staring contest right now. It's a game of chicken, and I think the Bucks can win because they have more bargaining power when it comes to it. And then you can kind of double up on that by drafting a linebacker, maybe in the second round, maybe in the third round. Maybe that's where you kind of trade back in the first round, get another draft pick, and that's where you can get your uh, your next inside linebacker there. So you kind of cover that base. You still get a guy who you want in the first round. And then either Devin still sits out, and you have a linebacker that you drafted this year that Levante David can start grooming, or you have your linebacker for the future. Devin comes back and plays, and if he plays well, then uh, you give him that big contract. If he plays well and he's like, I don't like the deal you just gave me, you could end up franchise tagging him or whatever decision you come up with. Or worst case, he leaves in free agency, goes to another team, and the Bucks get a uh, compensatory draft pick for it, probably like a, a third rounder, if that's the case for Devin White, which even if you were to trade him this year, that's probably what you would have got anyway. So for me, that's how I look at it. I don't think Devin is going to, unless Devin's agent behind the scenes is like really trying to <clears throat> work out a deal with another team, and there is one that wants to give him that huge contract, I don't really see him going anywhere. And it's just, you know, just a little bit of frustrations right now for Devin. Now, question for you. If the Bucks were to wait it out, like if you were Jason Light and you said, hey, let's wait it out, how long would you wait it out for? And would you really draft a linebacker in the second or third round if he's still on the roster? Because let's say he does come back and play another year. You drafted a, a linebacker in the second or third round that may not get starting snaps. And then you have a depth, a depth piece at like the third inside linebacker when there's other needs to address. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good question, but I think also remembering that Levante isn't going to be here for much longer either. If, if Evan, if Devin ends up staying, you're still drafting a linebacker for the future. Cause you're going to need that future linebacker with Levante David leaving either after this season, maybe after next season, however much longer he wants to play. And I think more importantly, that's where trading back really helps the Bucs. Because if they're able to trade back a couple of spots, still have a first-round pick, and then you add a, you know a, a, another second-round pick, or you get a second and a third-round pick, I think you can still address the areas of need that you want that we talked about all different episodes with edge rusher, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, on and on and on. By trading back, you could still address all of those needs and then find an inside linebacker. But you have to trade back. If they're not able to trade back, then it becomes a lot more risky. And again, I think Devin kind of just stamps his feet and eventually comes back. Richie P says, I just don't see a second round pick being offered up for white. I think it was a franchise guy that said 20 
of the top 25 linebackers in this league are third round picks or later. So again, yeah, that kind of helps the point of you don't necessarily um, need to find an inside linebacker right away. That's true. Aggie says leverage. I did like uh, the comment from the long lost Glazer when he mentioned the Steelers being an option for Devin White. They haven't had a linebacker since like Ryan Shazier. And when his career ended, they've been rotating guys like Miles Jack. He mentioned here Devin Bush. They drafted really highly, I think in the same draft class as White, if I'm not mistaken, in the top 10. So that's an option if they do decide to trade him. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's going to come out like, oh, this would be a great fit. This would be a great fit with that team. Someone mentioned the Chargers earlier. Teddy said, sometimes you just got to take your L and make tough decisions for the best of the team long term. Hasn't worked out as planned with your first round pick. It happens. Draft a new guy and try again. I think the the cog in the machine and all of this, Teddy, and I appreciate your comment, is the Bucks re-signed a lot of guys to compete now. So if you re-sign Jamel Dean and you re-sign Levante, and Levante, it's a lot less risky because it's you have void years and stuff, but it's essentially only a one-year cap hit. You bring in all these guys to compete now, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, we're back to square one. That kind of that kind of like screws over your whole game plan when free agency started. Um, E-Girl with another one said, Jamel Dean recently pretended that he was going to leave to get a deal done. The only difference there is Jamel Dean was uh, no longer under contract. He was a free agent. Devin's under contract. He has to be with the Bucks. And another team would have paid Jamel Dean what yes. he got, if not more. And the fact he decided to return to reunite with Carlton Davis. Grace Point says, is that a raise shirt? I see. Yeah, you're uh, repping the day. The re- you're repping the Rays today, huh? Eleven and zero, uh, and they just called up one of their top prospects. The run they've been on. I know Bailey Crazy. and Josh are, are really big into it right now. Yeah. Um, Anakin Hyper says, if you have to take a linebacker in the draft to replace him, who are you taking, Matt? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, I go with Dayon Henley out of Washington State. I love the speed. I love the physicality. Um, I think he used to be like a wide receiver or he, he went played. from wide receiver to defensive back. To yeah, yeah, exactly. So still learning the game a lot, but again, that's where the, um, the help from, I think Levante David would, would be a huge step and the athleticism I absolutely love. And I know Todd Bowles loves that. Um, anyone in particular you would take Adam? I really like Jack Campbell out of Iowa yeah. and Old I know he's working guy. Yeah, and he's working out with uh, Luke Keekley of the Panthers, the, the former All-Pro, now yep. retired. And what really jumps out is the production that he's had at Iowa the past two seasons. He picked off C.J. Stroud at from Iowa State, or mm. Ohio State, and now he's projected yeah. to be one of the top picks. And he's really athletic. He doesn't have, like, he's not 4-4 speed Devin White, but he makes up for it in just being agile and being able to change directions. Uh, Gary said Levante was a second round pick. Very true. Salty Buccaneer said, remember when Quan got the money from San Fran? Disastrous overpay. That Yeah, yeah that's a really good point. The Bucs opted not to pay him. Quan, credit to him, got his money from the uh, 49ers. But yeah, it wasn't a good, good deal for San Fran, partially because of 
the injury history for Quan Alexander. For Devin White, it's the it's the um, really the inconsistent play. But yeah, sometimes while it's a big name player, you got to know when to move on. Al Bundy said Owen oh, Popo in the fifth in the fifth round. Let's go. Yeah, that's another one we talked about a little bit. He played at Auburn. Wouldn't hate that in the fifth round. Um, would definitely be interesting. Teddy also says another thing is that Devin is part of the Bulls package. Can't sign him to a long-term deal because we don't even know if Bulls will be here long-term. And that is another, as Common Sensei and Mr. Angle both say, Teddy, Todd has gone after this year, and Mr. Angle more politely says, very good point. Yeah, Todd Bowles was kind of on the hot seat to come into this season. Losing his, arguably his favorite player, is another another huge problem to deal with. And um, Grace Point, got to answer this one because we love this yeah. guy. Aubrey yeah. Miller from Jackson State University. Aubrey Miller looks like Devin White. Um, he does. Maybe it's the, the number 45, the speed. Uh, he created a lot of turnovers at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be a late-round pick. I would love, love Aubrey Miller in my – or I was going to say in my uh, mock draft. What I was going to say, I would love for him on the Bucks. The only reason I didn't take him in my mock draft is because everyone else from Peter Report had Aubrey Miller That's fair. in their mock yeah. draft. I would love to have Aubrey Miller um, from Jackson State on uh, – on the Bucks this season, I think it would be really cool. Yeah, for sure. And we saw him. I think it was uh, against Kenny McIntosh. He like forced a fumble. Yes. He was making big hits and uh, matching up him. against. Yeah, and matching up against the running backs, he was just bowling them over. So, all right, that was a lot of Devin White discussion for one day, and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, big stuff tomorrow. Just a last bit of news by the Buccaneers. A couple more top thirty visits. Um, in recent days, of course, uh, Roshan Johnson out of Texas at running back. That was recent. And Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. That one we just found out about um, literally like an hour or two ago. So Jameer Gibbs, the latest in the top 30 visits for uh, the Buccaneers. I still think the Bucs ultimately either go with a running back on day three or just go with an undrafted free agent. But um, Bama running backs in recent years, I think, like, obviously Derrick Henry has been a beast. He's been unbelievable. Mark Ingram's had a solid career. I know he's at the end of his career, but Mark Ingram um, has had a solid career. There's been not Derrick Henry's been like the cream of the crop when it comes to Alabama running backs. Not too many others have really been like true game changers, in my opinion. But um, you know, I wouldn't hate if the Bucks went with Jameer Gibbs or Roshan Johnson. I know Bailey Adams is a big fan of Roshan Johnson. Um, but yeah, Jameer Gibbs obviously came from a winning team, can bring a little bit of everything to the game. Uh, so it could be another name that Bucks fans should keep their eye on. For sure. He's electric too. I think he has like four point uh three four speed and kind of the Alvin Kamara dynamic. But again, the value. Would they draft him at 19 or even trade in, up into the second to get him? Because that's probably the range that he would fall in. Right. And yeah, at that point, I don't know if <laughs> if that's uh how the Bucks want to go about it. Hey, everybody, 
Well, this is going to do it for today's show. We have a huge show coming up tomorrow because we will be at the press conference for Bucks general manager Jason Light. And when this date was set last week where we got to talk to Jason, most of the topics are going to be about the NFL draft. But, you know, the news is always moving and shaking in the NFL. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions to Jason Light about Devin White and that entire situation. We'll see uh, what he has to say about the draft, where the Bucks might be targeting specifically in the early rounds. But we're going to have a lot to get to on tomorrow's show. After we speak to Jason Light, we'll have various videos and clips from uh, Jason's comments, especially about Devin White, um, that we will put uh, both on our YouTube channel and on this podcast. So make sure you watch tomorrow's show. That'll be probably at 7 o'clock. If, it, if it's earlier, we will let you guys know. But let's plan for 7 o'clock um, at the moment. If you're not already doing so, please like and subscribe to pewterreport.com on our social media and the Peter Report podcast uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Peter Report. On YouTube, it is at Peter Report TV. If you like all of our coverage, just do us a favor and like and subscribe. It's absolutely free and just helps us out with our numbers, and you get to enjoy more of uh, PeterReport.com. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Adam Slavon. I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you for all your kind words about uh, the past couple of days. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Later. Peace out. Oh. Thank you, everybody.